Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for April 3rd, 2019. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta, and joining me on his podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? So we are still at CinemaCon, the convention for movie theater owners where studios come from Hollywood to showcase their next year plus of films. This morning, we saw the Universal panel where they showcased uh, all their big films for the next year plus and uh, we'll get to that in a second, but I do want to plug something that's on the site right now. Yesterday, me and Ben went onto the show floor here at CinemaCon. It's not like the Comic-Con show floor. It's kind of weird, right? It's yes. A, <clears throat> features like all kinds of uh, new uh, cinema innovations, like new seats and uh, new concessions. And I, I forced uh, Ben to try all the new, the future of cinematic concessions. And he, he uh, came out of that uh, mostly liking everything, right? I think so, yeah. I was shocked at the batting average. You know, everything seemed to be, seemed to work out pretty well. well what was your favorite thing that you tried? Uh, I mean, I said it in the video, so people will have to go there to find out. But we'll link it in the show notes. So we all encourage you to, to check that out. And I mean, there are some really fun, ridiculous kind of things in that video. So check it out if you're interested. Yeah, we'll link that in the show notes. Okay, so Universal. Uh, there's too many movies here to list off and say, you know, look forward to this. But we'll talk about uh, Hobbs and Shaw and Cats and um, what are some other big... Uh, God, uh, I mean, I feel like they talked about so many things yesterday. Downton Abbey yeah. yesterday. Yeah, Good Boys. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about all of them. We're going to talk about every single one. Let's start off uh, first with Illumination Entertainment. Uh, Chris Melodondry came out. uh, I'm always fascinated with the figures that they're throwing out at these theater goers. And he announced that Illumination Entertainment has been around for less than 10 years and has made $6 billion at the box office. Yeah, it's very impressive. It's scary. Yeah, especially since a lot of those movies are sort of... You know, there's a lot of like fart jokes and stuff and, you know, Hollywood, (laughs) we always talk about them learning the wrong lessons. So hopefully people don't see that as like a uh, an integral part of their success. Well, speaking of fart jokes, we saw like a new trailer for The Secret Life of Pets 2. And uh, I I mean, when I saw the first trailer for the first film, I was actually really excited for this. Like the premise of 
to see what our pets do when we leave them at home and we're not around. That's kind of cool. And at the time, it didn't occur to me how much that um, premise is kind of like Toy Story. Mm -hmm. And then the movie kind of was kind of an echo of the original Toy Story. Right. What what is your relationship with that original Uh, Yeah, I just wasn't a big fan of it. I I thought the the, uh, voice actors were all like well cast but i just the story didn't do much for me and um yeah i I wasn't a huge fan but the they showed a new like basically an extended trailer for the secret life of pets 2 um i I don't think we've seen a ton of like individual character trailers so far but i don't think we've known what the real thrust of the plot is and that was sort of revealed in this trailer where Max, the dog who was formerly voiced by Louis C.K., but now is being voiced by Patton Oswalt, who's like the lead dog, uh, his human boy is going to preschool, and the pets sort of freak out and, and try to find the little kid when he goes to preschool, basically. Yeah, and Kevin Hart's Snowball character gets to be a superhero in the movie, kind of a, I guess, Captain Snowball. And there's actually this, like, 2D animated sequence that's like a fantasy sequence. It's, it's weird to see an illumination. Yeah, I think very. that's the first time they've done something like that. The story seems very convoluted. Incredibly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a joke with, uh, there was a dog that went into a litter box and came out uh, exclaiming that, you know, he found some treats and he just ate some treats. Yeah. So that's the kind of humor you're dealing with. Yeah. There. Yeah, pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, but And then there's, like, a cat, you know, throwing up a hairball on its owner. Like, sort of typical, more broad, generic pet humor is in there as well. So I think I feel like this movie's going to make a lot of money because people love this stuff. I, I was surprised. The reaction from the CinemaCon crowd, it's mostly, like, you know, middle America theater owners. Oh, it was insane. It yeah. was like, you'd think this is the biggest movie here. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about A Dog's Journey. Uh, this is the movie Dennis Quaid. It's about a dog who lives many lives. And basically over the course of, uh, I don't know, it, it seems to me like they should have done this with cats. Because cats have nine lives, right? Oh, right, but, yeah. But uh, I guess we're seeing this dog kind of develop these attachments with these humans and then eventually die and then go on to its new life. Which to me seems like torture. Like, why do I? I don't want to see a dog die in a movie in the first place. But this yeah. dog dies many times, several times in several different bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a sequel to A Dog's Purpose, and is it a sequel? It's I, written by the same person, but is it like? I think it said in the trailer, "The story of a dog's purpose continues," or something oh, like that. Okay. Uh, that's what I got out of that, anyway. Um, or maybe it is just like yeah. sort of in the same cinematic universe or something. Yeah, I thought, sure. I thought that, but maybe you were right. Uh, but it seems so generic and emotionally manipulative. Yeah, and this one, like the dog is looking after Dennis Quaid's character's daughter, and, and instead of him, which I guess the first one is about. So it's it seems a lot like the original. I didn't see the original, but from those trailers, it's like more of the same kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't see the original as well. Um, I know we all have pets and we love our pets. I have two dogs. And I love them. But this trailer ended, I think, with the quote of the dog saying, loving people forever is my reward. And I was just like, this is, there's something so wrong about that. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, that's how I think uh, mankind thought uh, thought about pets. But I think that we're kind of developing a more complex uh, ideology yeah, and yeah. relationship with our our animal yeah. uh, companions. And I, I don't know if this movie is going to delve into that at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Um, Jason Blum came out. Uh, he runs Blumhouse. They kind of, uh, he 
kind of had this whole thing about all the successes they had over the last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was uh, teasing up an action thriller, The Hunt, written by Damon Lindelof. We saw a logo. That was about it. So yeah. we didn't really learn anything there. there. Uh, but he did show an extended trailer for Ma. This is the movie starring Octavia Spencer. It's a thriller. Um a bunch of teenagers ask uh, Octavia Spencer's character to buy them booze, and she offers to provide them with a place to party, and then it's in her cellar. Uh, and I guess she develops this relationship that kind of turns creepy. And I guess in, in the intro, they said this is a thriller about the effects of childhood bullying and long-term revenge, which I think tells you a little bit more about it than the trailers have kind yeah, of... Yeah, and the, there's... I know at least one trailer is out officially, so you can watch that. Maybe we can link to it in the show notes if we remember. But um, it's basically what we saw is just a slightly longer version of that. So we didn't really learn anything new about this movie. Yeah. It's Tate Taylor, the director of The Help, directing Octavia Spencer again in a totally different type of role for her. Um, but yeah, I, th- I feel like... You know, anybody can just check out the trailer and, and decide for themselves. Like, what you see is what you get, yeah. it seems like, for, with this one. I think the fun here is seeing her doing something completely different than her the rest of her yeah, career. Yeah, she's not a maid. She's not in a period piece. You know, the, <laughs> yeah. the kind of stuff that she's become known for or, or uh, pigeonholed into recently. Yeah, and also seeing, like, a totally different side of her acting ability. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, uh, next up, uh, Will Packer came out. He's a producer of a night school girl trip. Uh, some big successes. He told uh, a story about how he actually snuck into this convention when it used to be called Show West, and he um, he snuck in as press, and he like sold his first like small indie film to exhibitors, like going to them, just <laughs> yeah. like approaching them at yeah. bars and stuff. Um, that was a fun story. Yeah. So his career started here. He's back today with Little and. When we were walking the show floor and looking at the posters, you you pitched this to me. This is basically the opposite of big. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. Uh, but interesting, I didn't know the the main star of this, uh, the girl from uh, Blackish. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her name. Her name is Marseille Martin. Yeah, she pitched this movie to uh, to Packer when she was only ten years old. She's now apparently the youngest executive producer in Hollywood, according to them. Yeah, I have not fact checked that. I haven't either. But and she has an overall deal with Universal. This <laughs> I had no idea that she pitched this story like for her to star in. <laughs> I've never heard of this before. A child doing this. I mean, I wonder if that's like, Shirley Temple did it back in the day or something like that. I wonder if that if there's that. That's the only thing that I can think of where a, a child star had. You know, I don't know. Holly Culkin yeah, or any of those maybe, kind of... but I don't know if they got into, like, the producing game that early. I but... feel like their parents were produced. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. that kind of weird thing. So that was a, a shock. And she seems... I mean, she's still a young girl now. She's, like, a, a young teenager. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, like... I look at this movie through a new lens now, knowing that this was her brainchild of an idea, and she sort of conceptualize this whole thing from the ground up. She's an EP on this movie. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And this is directed by Tina, Tina Gordon. It's an African-American female comedy. It's, uh, you know, it's about this uh, hard-ass boss who kind of, for what... I, I, did they explain how she turns a little? Was there... Yeah, so Regina Hall plays the boss, and she's just being mean to people in front of this little girl who seems to be not, like, a main character at all, and she has, like, yeah. a magic wand, and she... Uh, Regina Hall's character insults this little girl, and the little girl says, I hope you wake up little, or something like that. And then she wakes up in the body of Marseille Martin, this young child, and Issa Rae uh, from um, Insecure on HBO 
is uh, plays Regina Hall's assistant, and so she has she's basically tasked with uh, <laughs> like raising this her boss, this younger version of her boss. It's interesting because, as you said, this is the reverse of big, but it's also the reverse of big in that this is the opposite of a wish fulfillment. It's kind of like the main character uh, being put in a situation where they're not in control of things and they're going to have to learn some humility. And that's yeah. actually, I'm very shocked that a 10-year-old came up with this concept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it looks you... like it could be fun. Yeah, I think so. Too. I was surprised. Uh, the trailer, There is a trailer for this online already, but I think we saw a newer thing. Um Anything else that you have to say about that? No, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with Marseille Martin's career. I wonder if she's going to you know, use that overall deal and, and get a bunch of other projects going pretty soon. We'll yeah. see. Okay, uh, the next thing we saw is probably the, the, the project that I am most excited about coming out of this presentation. It's Yesterday. It's a film from Danny Boyle from a script by Richard Curtis. It's about an inspiring musician who gets hit by a bus and wakes up and becomes the only person on the planet who remembers the Beatles. And he uses that knowledge to his own advantage and becomes the world's greatest singer-songwriter. And uh, there's a trailer out for this, too. This was an extended look. Uh, It's such a clever, interesting concept. It seems so charming. Uh, What what did you think? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, it's basically what we've seen before. And I think we talked, we had a big discussion about it um, on the the podcast earlier when the first trailer came out. So you can go back and listen to that for for more because we have a lot to get through today. But I also am very looking, you know, very much looking forward to this film. Um, Hamish Patel came out and performed yesterday live on stage for the audience at CinemaCon. And it was very, you know, it was a a low key, sort of low energy kind of thing, but it was very well done. He has a great voice and I'm excited to see him hopefully become a star based on this movie. Yeah. And Boyle explained that they had to do a uh, nationwide casting search in England to find this guy because they wanted someone that was a new face, Mm -hmm. but could also handle the songs of the Beatles, could make them his own I don't know. It seemed like a lot to handle, and yeah. and and you know, obviously act. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, this is like one of those films. I feel like you know we've seen enough films. We cover films for a living. That I know how stories are going to end. Uh, like I could tell you how little's going to end right now, and I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I haven't read the script, but with this film yesterday, I, I really have no idea how how that's going to conclude. Like yeah. how like it better not conclude with him waking up having in the hospital having been hit by the bus and oh oh as if the entire thing was a yeah dream. oh oh i thought that you were gonna say it better not wake up with or it better not end with him getting hit by a bus and then the entire world going back to knowing who the beatles are again um oh that'd be weird too i don't know yeah i'm i'm not quite sure how they're gonna this is such an interesting premise i have no clue how they're gonna wrap this up yeah okay uh let's move on to seth rogan and evan goldberg's produced comedy Good boys. They came out, introduced the cast of that. Uh, do you know who the three young stars? Jacob, Jacob Tremblay. Tremblay uh, Keith, Keith Williams. Keith Williams and Brady Moon, I think, are their yeah. names. And this is a film that just recently played at some film festivals like South by? Yeah, we have a review on the site right now from South by Southwest. Yeah, uh, Rogan was joking uh, this film is their most refined grown-up uh, film to date, which is not the truth. <laughs> um, this is about three young best friends who are kind of like... They're worried about kiss, you know, their first kiss and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But it's um, very vulgar. It's, you know, kids playing with sex toys, watching porn, t- 
totally inappropriate and hilarious. You know, the trailer marks it as from the people who brought you super bad. And mm-hmm. It's totally in that line. Yeah, certainly. And I think, you know, Jacob talked about it because he loves this movie and he talked about it on the his South by Southwest wrap up episode of the podcast. You probably heard him there talk about how this movie has a lot of heart. And I think, you know, some of that came through in the in the trailer, the extended look that we saw, but mostly they just concentrated on a lot of the jokes. And I don't even want to ruin them for you now, because that's like one of the worst things about going to see a comedy in theaters is like having all the good jokes spoiled. But there are some good ones in this footage that were not in the previous trailer. So hopefully they uh, hold those a little close to the vest so people can be surprised and actually have some some genuine laughs in the theater when they see this one. Yeah, this looked hilarious. This is probably my second, uh, coming out of this presentation, the, my second uh, biggest anticipated mm-hmm. film. Um, DreamWorks Animation came out. I, didn't, I actually didn't even remember that they were had something uh, on the books. But they have this film that was a co-production with Pearl Studio. It's called Abdominable. Uh, Abominable, yes. Abominable? Okay, sorry. Uh, and this is yet another Yeti movie. We just got one with, uh, what was that movie that came out? God, I don't even know if it's out yet. Smallfoot? Yeah, it came out. Okay. It came out, uh, and I don't think it was good. And this one I've seen posters for, but I hadn't, I don't think there is a trailer out yet. No, we there's. We saw um, the first footage. I here. think so. Yeah, the, we saw the footage that we saw was like a work in progress, and it's about this young girl, and she discovers a yeti on. She lives in China, and she discovers a yeti. She's named Yi, I think. Yes, uh, this yeti is living on her roof, and it seems to have escaped from maybe some sort of science lab or some sort of uh, uh, captivity. And I don't know about yeah, like you. The, it seemed like the government or some kind of corporation right. had captured him. And it basically seems like E.T. She's yeah, trying to help him say. escape and get get home. And they're after him. Yeah. They talked about the four pillars of this movie being music, magic, heart, and humor. And the girl plays a violin that belonged to her dad. And at one point there... So she, she finds the Yeti and in this footage... She tries to get the Yeti back to, I think, Mount Everest, which is where it's supposed to be living. And so there's all these beautiful sweeping shots of the Chinese landscape. And they talked about the the cultural specificity that they're going to get into with this movie. Um, But the girl at at various points is like playing this violin and like magical stuff is happening. So um, what did you think about this one? You know, this is probably the biggest surprise for me out of this presentation because I was expecting this to be just a dumb you know, animated movie mm-hmm. about a Yeti. And this seems like DreamWorks is trying to do a Studio Ghibli kind of movie. Mm. It kind of has that kind of magical fantasy aspect to it. And, uh, you know, getting to see this journey across China, and I'm sure this movie is going to do bonkers business because <laughs> it's yeah. going to appeal to uh, that country as well. What, what did you think? Yeah, I, I was surprised as well. I mean, there's there's a lot of, like, I, lo- I love the magic aspect yeah. of it, how the, you know, just lean into it. You're you're in the medium of animation, like, you know, let crazy things happen that couldn't happen in, in live action. So I'm excited to see them really, like, taking full advantage of that. And even though this is just work-in-progress footage, it looked really good, the stuff that we saw. So I'm, I'm sure they have a lot of work left to do before this one comes out. But, um, yeah, very promising, I think. Yeah, I'm a lot more excited for that. Um, Focus Features came out, and they showed a trailer, a first trailer for Downton Abbey. This is the movie that picks up where the series left off. Uh, I guess the pitch for this is that the king and queen are coming to Downton uh, there's going to be a royal luncheon, a parade, a dinner, and this is throwing, you know, their whole world into 
flux. You know, yes. everything needs to be prepared. I don't know any of these characters. I have not watched the show. You haven't either, <laughs> yeah, neither. which is surprised because it seems like the type of thing that you and Amy, I think, yeah. would watch. Yeah, maybe you we'll like give the it period kind of. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like opulent shots of the estate and very, you know. Like gorgeous looking yeah. cinematography and well, that that's the thing that surprised me the most about this is it looks so cinematic. And uh, I've seen a couple episodes of the show, and obviously that was BBC or you know, yeah. English television, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And it's not high budget, even though they had some good locations. Yeah. This it looks so much more cinematic. Yeah, yeah. There's like tons of extras, horses, orchestras. You know, yeah, these the sweeping the wide shots. Yeah, yeah. It looked very good. Um. Would you see this without having seen the the show? No, but I might go back and watch the show and then catch up with this movie. I don't know if I'll have time to do that before this movie comes out in theaters, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, A movie that was not on my radar at all is a movie called Last Christmas. Yes. This is a romantic comedy from Paul Feig, uh, who said his favorite movie of all time is It's a Wonderful Life. And he's always wanted to make a Christmas movie. This is his chance to make a Christmas movie. And Emma Thompson... I uh, spent seven years writing the story based on the George Michaels song, yes. Last Christmas. Uh, so, yes, this is a movie based on that one song. Yeah, and it, it, apparently it's going to feature a brand new, never heard before song from George Michael, as well as I think they said 10 or 11 other songs from him on, on the soundtrack. And Henry Golding from Crazy Rich Asians and Amelia Clark are the, the leads in this one. Yeah, and she plays a person who dresses an elf and works in a Christmas shop all year round. Mm-hmm. It seems like she kind of wants to escape. She meets uh, his character and uh, kind of they develop this almost too perfect, or he seems too perfect for everything. There's this relationship. I mean, I'm sure... He, if you listen to the song lyrics, I'm sure that's what happened. Mm-hmm. We see in the trailer that she's at one point singing the song. Yeah, she wants to be a singer. She works at this sort of dead end job. But, yeah, but she, but that seems she, like it's like a climactic, like third act. Like oh, he needs singing. to win her, win him back, and he's uh, by singing the song or something. I mean, look, I'm sure it's going to be very formulaic in that way. But uh, Michelle Yeoh plays Amelia Clark's boss at the the uh, Christmas themed store, and Emma Thompson herself has a role in it. I think it looks like she plays. Amelia Clark's mom. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Clark and Golding together, they're just super charming. And I feel like people are going to love this movie. They, they talked, uh, Paul Feig, the director, talked about this being like a love letter to London. And, you know, it's just them strolling arm in arm through the city. I mean, people are just. Yeah, gonna... some of it felt like before sunset yeah. or like that kind of thing, like a adventure on like one day through. I'm not sure if that's what it is, but it seemed like a lot of that kind of like. Yeah. And people people are going to swoon for this movie, I think. And, and Feig made a. I mean, obviously, we're here at a convention for theater owners, but he made a point to say. I really wanted this movie to be in theaters, yeah. and I think that's like a loose dig at Netflix, who's been producing a lot of Christmas-themed movies. But he talked about seeing It's a Wonderful Life on the big screen and wanting people to have that Christmas feeling yeah. on, in a big screen format. Yeah. So, And to be fair, he's not that old. He saw it on the big screen in film school. Right. I feel like this movie is going to be HT's jam. She's yeah. going to love the hell out of this. This, and I, I actually think she'll really dig that um, DreamWorks movie, uh, Abominable, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because that's totally her jam as well. Uh, the next movie we saw a presentation for was Queen 
and slim, although the logo is queen plus slim. Yeah. And yeah. What, what is this movie? So Lena Waithe uh, wrote this movie. She uh, is, I mean, she's she created a show on Showtime. She is like a, an up-and-coming um, voice of a generation kind of performer. Uh, she had a small role in Ready Player One as well, the Steven Spielberg movie last yeah. year. But you probably are familiar with her. Um, Melina Manzukas, who is, a, a, I think, a, a pretty prominent music video and maybe even a TV director. I think she's directed some episodes of, like... Um, what is Aziz Ansari's show on Netflix called? It's Master, of, Master None. of None, and I feel like maybe she's directed uh, several high-profile, like like really you know high-quality shows. This is her feature directorial debut, and Lena Waithe wrote this script. It stars uh, Jody Turner Smith and Daniel Kaluuya as two. Uh, black characters who are like pulled over uh, by the cops on what appears to be like a first date and then there's like a shooting and something you know everything goes wrong and they end up going on the run and it's sort of like a road trip movie where the two of them are uh driving across the country trying to escape whatever consequences are are following them basically based on this fallout from this this pullover situation so um i think the filmmakers described this film as protest art to get people to start talking yeah yeah and Um, it looks like that it looks i I think uh melina manzoukas also directed uh at least portions of beyonce's lemonade video and the cinematography in this looks really cool too like there's a lots of there's lots of slow motion lots of um moody colors yeah 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 um so i'm excited to see i mean there wasn't much footage on display here it was like a i guess a shorter trailer than a lot of the stuff that we saw at this presentation but from what i saw i was very impressed with it what did you think i was also impressed i feel like i want to see more um yeah for sure uh and uh one of our last films that we saw Hobbs and Shaw. This is uh, David Leitch's uh, spinoff from the yes. Fast and the Furious the franchise. The ninth movie in the franchise. Yeah, and their first spinoff. Uh, and uh, this, they showed, what, like an extended trailer, I guess? It's a new trailer that we haven't seen before. Yes. And what did this tra- trailer show oh us? Oh, my God. So many great action moments from these guys. If you thought that the first trailer was good and, and got you hyped up, wait until you see the giant set piece that ends this trailer. It is unbelievable. <sighs> I cannot wait yeah, to see Yeah, it involves like a, a huge military-grade helicopter and... Yeah, and cars like, on the edge of a cliff. Yeah, and, car chases, and then the cars get linked up by chains, and then I think Dwayne the Rock Johnson hurls a chain into the helicopter, and then is like the cars are all lifted off the ground yeah. by the helicopter, and he's like straining to keep it all together. It just looks so ridiculous. I can't wait for people to see this trailer because I feel like people are just going to lose their minds. Yeah, this trailer made the film look globe trotting, explosive. Uh, you know, the Rock talked about. Wanting to make something that was special and had its own tapestry and its own energy, uh, but while also you know upping the fun mm-hmm. from the Fast series. So you know this film goes to London, it goes to the Samoan Islands, um, and we've got to see. You know he's talking about how he wanted to show. Uh, this is going to be the first film to show the Samoa as a culture in Hollywood. I'm not sure if that means. On a, like ever a, or a, just or a big film. Yeah, uh, but we did get to see like there's this point in the in the scene where they're doing this like ceremonial ritual Mm -hmm. yeah he called it like the samoan version of a haka dance kind of thing yeah um there was a i don't know there's a lot of great stuff in this there's great bickering between the two of them there's a good indie gun inspired moment you know that point point from raiders of the lost ark yeah like there's a take on that uh i mean the, the plot of this movie is there's a virus that can wipe out half the population. The the female villain has stolen it, and there's also this 
male uh, genetically engineered soldier played by Idris Elba, Elba, um, and he calls himself Black Superman. Yes. So... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of jokes in there about that. I, I'm sure they're going to show a lot of this footage in upcoming trailers and stuff, and that movie comes out later this summer. So, um, you know, people can look forward to that. It's going to be a big deal, I think. Yeah, it looks very exciting. And uh, it seems like also there's a big fight sequence on uh, in the Samoa section that nobody has guns for some reason. Yeah, yeah it's like the, <laughs> uh, the Rock's character's mom sold or got rid of all of the, the weapons cache that they had of you know high high grade uh artillery and now they're they're forced because the the fight is coming to them it's followed them to these islands now the rock and his family have to use like old school weapons in yeah. in this big huge uh climactic fight scene so that should be interesting to see I, I know you're a fan of this franchise i'm i i this looks great this looks like fun i love the rock uh, i'm not sure it's working with him uh you know, I love films like Moana that that take culture and they they put it. You know, it, it, they uh, introduce I'm, you to it. Yeah, um, and I, I feel like Fast and Furious films are not the films I want to do that <laughs> for me. But um, but I'm willing to give it a shot, and I, I I am I you know all the action in this looks incredible. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, they did show a logo for Sam Mendes, 1917. Uh, the Amblin movie that's coming. I, th- I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we didn't really learn anything from that. The last thing we saw, this is probably the biggest surprise, is Cats. The um, Tom Hooper directed this. The guy who did uh, Les Miserables a couple years ago, and I think won an Oscar for directing the King Speech. Am I right about that? I'm pretty sure I think he won so. a Best Director Oscar that year. I think so. And this is, you know, obviously an adaptation of the. The hit musical on Broadway that played for years decades. and years. It was like the longest running musical in history for at one point. Yeah, and, and this film just finished shooting. We didn't think we were going to get anything from this, but they announced, uh, and they're like, it's too early for a trailer because we have a lot of visual effects. Mm-hmm. And But we're going to show you this behind the scenes piece. And uh, well, that, that was the first surprise to us because I don't think any of us knew how they were shooting this Cats movie. Right. And it turns out they're using digital fur technology is what the wording they gave us. Yeah. Which, what does that mean? Uh, it's basically, it looked like performance capture technology, but not as detailed as something like you've probably seen with like behind the scenes stills of like Lupita Nyong'o in uh, The Force Awakens for example where she has like all of the dots on her face or Benedict Cumberbatch doing smog or Or you have those like balls on the on the uh, tights it's like like they're wearing the costumes that their characters are going to wear these raggedy sort of run down costumes because they're playing these cats on like a grungy side street kind of alley area but there's a couple little dots on their face here and there. And, it, yeah, it just seems like they're going to apply fur technology to their human bodies and just go from there. It, I'm very curious to see what the final version of this yeah. looks like. Because we didn't see any of the any final footage in this. It was just all behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm very skeptical because it <laughs> seemed like there was no technology going on. And they're like, this is going to be, you know, we're going to animate this fur. Um, but one of the other interesting things is everything is at a uh, bigger scale. Yeah, I it's guess like the the movie is being shot from the cat's point of view. So all of the production design and the stages and sets and stuff are 
designed to be huge. It's almost like a honey, I shrunk the kids type of situation. So imagine a chair that would normally be like four feet tall is now 10 feet tall. Yeah, and they're, you know, they're like running around acting like cats, you know, like slinking around on the ground. And there's all this elaborate choreography and dances and like... I mean, it looks like huge. the The scope of the thing and the choreographer from Hamilton. Yes, yeah, yeah. and uh, those huge musical, big musical numbers, tons of people dancing, and dancing looks fantastic. Uh, sets some of the biggest stage, uh, soundstage sets I've seen in years. Yeah, it, it looks uh, very Im- impressive in the, in the you know production design aspect. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still if you don't know anything about cats i encourage you to go to the wikipedia page and just try to read the synopsis of what happens in this musical because it will blow your mind like how on earth this is a story so i'm, I'm very curious to see how the general public is going to react to this i know taylor swift is in this movie it has a huge cast ian mckellen judy dench um jason derulo jennifer hudson tons of people idris elba also uh, yeah he plays the bad guy in this. he's in everything right yeah here. so i you know, people are going to go, especially because of Taylor Swift and because of the the cast members. There's a ton of stars in this. Oh, it's going to make money. Like, imagine they, how many people have seen that on Broadway over the years, and they're all going to be like, "Oh, I'm going to see that yeah. the film version of that." Oh, but, certainly. I'm, but creatively, yeah. And I, I'm I'm curious to see what people who have never seen the Broadway show are going to think. Are they going to just walk out of this being completely dazed? Like, what the hell did I just watch? Because the story is nuts, and it looks like the technology they're using is kind of nuts too. So, uh, I. I don't know. There's a huge question mark for me about like whether Cats is going to be any good, but I think you're right. I think it's going to make a lot of money. Yeah, I'm I'm curious as well. Um, okay, so that brings us to the end of uh, of that presentation, the whole Universal presentation. I think uh, my two big takeaways were uh, obviously yesterday and uh, what's the Seth Rogen? Uh, uh, good boys. Good boys. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what were you, your favorites coming out of that? Uh, I mean, I have to go with the Hobbs and Shaw just because of my love for the Fast and yeah. Furious franchise. Um, I also really like the the yesterday stuff. Uh, Queen Slim was a big surprise to me because I, I hadn't seen any. I don't think anybody's seen any footage yeah. from that yet. And then um, Last Christmas looked really really charming, so I'm excited about that one. Too. Yeah. And next up today is the Disney presentation. This is the biggest probably presentation of this CinemaCon. We're hoping and expecting, you know, Avengers, Star Wars, Lion King, you know, all the big, uh, you know, Pixar films and mm-hmm. stuff like that. We're expecting to see stuff from that. So we're going to try to record a podcast uh, later tonight and release that, giving our reactions to everything we see during that presentation. And hopefully uh, you can hear that, you know, in just a few hours. Yes. So look forward for to that. Uh, as always, you can find all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast, SlashFilm Daily, published every weekday on all your favorite podcast apps. Uh, please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. And go to iTunes, write us a five-star review, tell your friends, spread the word, and we will see you in a few hours.